0: Today's scripture reading is Philippians 2, 25 through 30. Again, that's Philippians 2, 25 through 30. Please stand in honor of God's holy word. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. This is the word of the Lord.
1: You know, investment uh, has been a hot topic lately. As we've seen, the stock market um, has taken a big beating. The question that has come before us is where should we invest our resources? What will last, no matter what happened, geopolitically or economically? What will still have great values, although there might be natural catastrophes? What will last for eternity? According to the Bible, there are only two things that last for eternity. One, is the Bible. God's truth will last for eternity. And secondly, it's people. People. Where they spend their eternity is dependent upon their response to Jesus Christ. And may we invest in that which is eternal. The Bible and people. I want uh, to spend my time this morning focusing on talking about investing in people. You see, relationship determines what kind of life we will have. Our relationship with God, relationship with others, relationship with ourselves. And i like to, again, Focus a little bit more at our relationship with one another, and particularly those that are in the body of Christ. We've been going through the book of Philippians, and in 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 chapter two, which we've been uh, for a number of weeks. Paul speaks about the keys to meaningful relationship back in verse 3 and 4. Let me just read that to you. It says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also in the interests of others. You see, Relationship and friendship is so important to all of us. It is also very important to the Apostle Paul. You see, Paul believes in investing in relationship, connecting with people. he pursue relationships that are selfless and sacrificial. Now, many of us might see the Apostle Paul as a rugged individual that really doesn't need anybody. That is a tough missionary that risks his life for the gospel. Well, there's partially truth to that. But yet... The Apostle Paul is a regular human being, like you and I. We all, including Paul, values relationships and friendship. We all need encouragement, support and care. From Philippians chapter 2, verse 19 to 30, the passage that we covered last week as well as this week, Paul helps us understand two of his good friends. First, Timothy. And secondly, Epaphroditus. See, they brought Paul comfort and strength and encouragement. And no matter how strong an individual might be, even Paul himself, we all need comfort, strength and encouragement. In last week, Paul describes his friendship with Timothy. He talks about this teamwork that he has with Timothy and others. Today's passage, Paul describes his other friend, Epaphroditus. You see, Timothy was pretty well known among the believers, but yet, Epaphroditus, that's if you could pronounce it quickly, three times in a row are not one of those um, household names. Not many people know who he is. And you might have heard of this name for the very first time, although not many people know him, and he sort of might be someone that is behind the scene. Yet Paul sees him as an unsung hero. Let me just give you a little background before I jump into this passage. See, the Philippian church had heard that Paul was in prison and that he was going through some difficult times. And their hearts went out to Paul and wanted to help to do something about it. And first and foremost, they took an offering to meet his uh, material needs. And secondly, they sent a dedicated layman who could come along the side, or who delivered the offering, but also come along the side of Paul and to help him. Now, it's not that easy to find such a person because he needs to be someone that's courageous, someone that is confident because others might accuse him of being an accomplice of a man who is facing capital crime. There is a lot of risk involved in taking up this responsibility. Well, it was Epaphroditus. He was the man who stood up and took on this responsibility. We see in the beginning of this passage in verse 25 that Paul commends Epaphroditus by t- describing him using five metaphors. Let us take a look in verse 25. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Philippians chapter 2. We'll be starting with verse 25. 25 says, I have thought it necessary to send to you, Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier in your messenger and minister to my knees. Now these uh, five metaphors can actually be broken down into two sections. First of all, it talks about Epaphroditus' relationship with Paul, that kind of relationship. How how did Paul sees him? And secondly, we see how he was describing relation Epaphroditus' relationship with the Philippians. Right. So we start with Epaphroditus' relationship with Paul. So so Paul sees him first of all that he is a brother. A brother to, uh, is a person who has the same parent. Uh, both Paul and Epaphroditus, uh, they were born again. They have place of faith in Jesus Christ, and they are saved spiritually. They're in the same spiritual family. And secondly, Paul describes him and commends him as a fellow worker. They're colleagues serving the Lord together. I believe it's more than just workers, but that they were companions. I cherish uh, my working relationship, particularly with Pastor Joseph. Uh, We work together closely, but not only that, but we share our lives together. We support one another. We pray for one another. When there's a difficult problem that might occur to either one of us, we'll go and consult with the other. We have the greatest respect for one another. We listen to each other. You see, a, a true companion is one who stands by the side of another. You can count on him to understand and to care and to cheer for you and to comfort you and to encourage you and, if necessary, to admonish and correct you. Epaphroditus was a true companion and fellow worker of Paul. And thirdly, Paul described uh, Epaphroditus as a fellow soldier. You know, when I think about a soldier, a fellow soldier, I I think of going to battle together. During difficult times, you know that you have each other's back. I see soldiers on the battlefield fighting together, side by side. And if one fellow soldier got wounded, the other will risk his life to rescue him as bullets are flying by them. You know, Paul was falsely accused of being an insurrectionist against the state. Anyone that might be associated with him can be condemned also. And we see in 2 Timothy 4.16 that we see many of the believers abandoned Paul. And we see similarly um, in our democratic leadership today accusing Donald Trump as an insurrectionist. And those that are associated with him are condemned. And Epaphroditus, in a similar way, in a similar situation, instead of abandoning Paul, he stood by his side. He was acknowledged as a fellow soldier. One who is loyal Willing to risk his life for another, in spite of danger that he faces, and also in spite of his poor health, we see that he stood by the side of Paul. Paul called him a fellow soldier. He was not a quitter. He stands by the side of Paul. We see here in this uh, first verse how Paul commended Epaphroditus. I think it is so very important that we need to learn to commend others that are around us. Particularly others that might have made a difference in our lives. Two weeks ago, when I was back uh, home caring for my folks, uh, I visited my home church. There I just happened to be sitting next to an elderly man who was in his mid-80s. Well, he was my Sunday school teacher some 50 years ago. And during the service, I just had this nudging from God to to talk to Darwin, my Sunday school teacher, and and to commend him. And at the end of service, I turned to Darwin, and I said, Darwin, you know, you've been one of the great influencers of my life. During my earlier years, You taught me to love God's Word. You taught me how to study God's Word, how to apply God's Word. That laid the foundation for me to grow in Christ. I'm just indebted to you. Thank you. You know, I think it's important for us to look at people that might have influenced our lives and to commend them. It might be your parents. Sometimes we take them for granted. It might be your siblings. It might be your roommate or your teacher, your youth counselor, small group leaders, your discipler, your grandparent. And we have different people that have influenced our life, and may we practice commending those that have come, that God has brought into our life. Paul commended Epaphroditus because of his relationship with Paul. He called them brother, fellow worker, fellow soldiers, Paul also commended Epaphroditus because of his relationship with the Philippians. If you notice in the, the latter part of this first verse, there is a personal pronoun, your, that's before the final two metaphors. Now these two metaphors are describing Epaphroditus' relationship with the Philippians. The fourth metaphor is the word messenger. Who is an ambassador sent on a very special mission? The church of Philippi sent Epaphroditus as a special messenger of God to care for Paul. And Epaphroditus was faithful to the assignment that was given to him. And we see the fifth and final description of Epaphroditus, that he is your minister. The root word for minister is where we derive the word liturgy. The word often described doing some sort of service of special importance. The position was highly respected. And honor by others. Epiphatitus was a humble servant that was willing to make sacrifices for others. As I hear of this description of a messenger and and also as a minister, it reminds me of uh, David and Alice. home. Oh, we just commissioned them this morning and we are sending them off as messenger of this church. They're ambassadors sent on a very special mission. They are ministers who are highly respected and honored by others. The church commissioned Epaphroditus to serve Paul indefinitely, But Paul, in verse 25, says that, uh, he makes it very clear that it was necessary, he says, it is necessary to send Epaphroditus back to Philippi. You might say, well, why is that necessary? We see the the second section of this passage, which is recorded in verse 26 to 28, the cause or the the reasons why Paul sent Epaphroditus home. Let me read verses 26 to 28. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me too, lest I have sorrow upon sorrow. I am more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice and see him again, and that I may be less anxious. Instead of having Epaphroditus stay with him to help him, Paul was thinking about Epaphroditus as well as the Philippian church. It will be better for him to send him back than for Epaphroditus to stay with him. For him to benefit, he says, well, it's better that he goes back and to benefit the Philippians in Philippi. And Paul was willing to make sacrifices so that it will ease the heart of both Epaphroditus as well as the Philippians. We see clearly Paul's selfless attitude. He is placing others above himself. He practices what he preaches. Remember, we just quoted earlier, in Philippians 2.3, I'll just read verse 3 to you again. It says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. You know, anticipating both of their distress, Paul decided to send Epaphroditus back home for the good of the believers at Philippi as well as for Epaphroditus. They were all placing each other above themselves. In verse 28, record two of the reasons for sending Epaphroditus back. One, so that the Philippians may rejoice at seeing Epaphroditus again. And secondly, so that Paul may be less anxious. If we um, look at Philippians 415 and 18, we find that the church at Philippi commissioned Epaphroditus to deliver an offering to Paul to meet his material needs. You see, this church was a very generous church that gave regularly for the needs of others. It reminds me of our church here. I'm thankful that we're also a generous church. During various times of needs, uh, we have stepped up uh, to minister to others. I remember when we had Hurricane Harvey, we appeal to you to support those that might have had their house flooded. And many of you gave generously. Many of you, I, I remember the first day that we went out uh, to, uh, uh, to, to, to help uh, uh, homes that uh, were flooded. We, we had about 100 people from our church. They gave of their time, energy, and ripping off wet uh, sheet rods and carpet, and worked all day. You know, a giving, a giving church. When we had COVID the last couple years, we appealed to you to give and help those that might have problems, and you gave generously. Not only did the Church of Philippi commission Epaphroditus to deliver this offering to Paul. In addition, he was to be Paul's companion, to help him in whatever is needed. Unfortunately, he got sick, almost to the point of death. And when the church heard of Epaphroditus' health issues, they became very concerned. They were distressed. And Epaphroditus heard that those who sent them from the church of Philippi heard that they were distressed about him being sick, that he himself was distressed, and and that he worried over the Philippians. In verse 26, we can witness uh, Epaphroditus' heart for the Philippian church. It says, For he has been longing for you all, and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death. See, Epaphroditus was not so much concerned about his own health, or his own well-being, but rather that he was more concerned about the well-being of the church that sent him. We see there's this deep relationship that's present between the church there in Philippi as well as Epaphroditus. See, they, they invested in people. They invested in one another. Epaphroditus um, sense a responsibility toward them and wonder how they might respond to his inability to fully carry out the mission that was given to him because he got sick. He, 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 He couldn't fully fulfill. Well, there's a possibility that the Philippians might misunderstand why Paul might send Epaphroditus back to Philippi. Some might accuse him of being a quitter, coward. One did not carry out his responsibility. And we see Paul through this passage to make sure that the Philippians understand how much Paul appreciates Epaphroditus. That Epaphroditus kept his commitment to his responsibility to the church. When he got sick, he could have given up the mission and returned back to Philippi. And Epaphroditus had every right to return home and let someone else resume that responsibility. But we see that he was a true soldier. He refused to give up. He was loyal to Paul. He stayed with Paul. We see there is this strong relationship that Epaphroditus has with Paul. Epaphroditus invested in the life of Peter, in the life of Paul, by serving him. Therefore, when Epaphroditus returned back home, the Philippians may rejoice at seeing him alive and well. And Epaphroditus can testify how God has been merciful toward him and how God healed him from his illness. And as a result, the Philippians will give glory to God. Uh, Ellie and I, t- a couple of days ago, uh, had dinner with three couples. These are pretty special couples. Um, I married them some 30 years ago. And each one of them to, was testifying as we were having dinner together um, how God has shown mercy and grace in their lives. They share about burdens and challenges they face, but yet God provided for them. One couple shared their lives were being shaped in a very negative way from their work. They were running a rat race, and how God brought them out of that very dark situation. Their testimony. Really inspired us, and we just praise God for what they have shared. And may we learn to share testimony of what God has done in our lives. May we learn to be intentional in sharing with others about what God has done, how He has shown us mercy how he has shown us grace so that others might rejoice in the Lord. Now, although Epaphroditus uh, nearly died, God had mercy on him and restored his health. God healing Epaphroditus not only spared Epaphroditus, but also spared Paul from sorrow. Because if he died... It would have brought great sorrow to Paul. See, Paul already is burdened being in prison. And we see here, just again, this strong relationship that Paul has with Epaphroditus. See, they both invested in each other. There's just strong relationship present. And as a result, there's such strong bonding between them that if anything happens to one person, it will strongly affect the other person. Paul see that Epaphroditus was in such agony over the Philippians because, because they are stressed out, uh, knowing that he was very ill. And as a result, Paul... T- Wants to send him back so that he may be less anxious. So he he's, was a little anxious of seeing all these things happening to Epaphroditus as well as the Philippians. Paul goes on to give the Philippian instructions as to how to treat Epaphroditus when he arrives home. Paul makes an appeal to the Philippians, assuring them that Epaphroditus did not fail but gone beyond the call of duties. Epaphroditus was faithful to his mission. He did not quit or forsake the church. He stood firm in the midst of turbulence. Therefore, Paul commanded the Philippians to receive Epaphroditus in the Lord with all joy and also to honor Epaphroditus. He is sent back not because Epaphroditus chooses to go back, but rather it was Paul who chooses to send Epaphroditus back. He did not fail his mission, or did he quit, but he did exceptionally well, and that he deserved to be honored. Let us take a look at this uh, third section, which is the commands from Paul to honor Epaphroditus in verses 29 and 30. It says, So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. You see, that, 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 that clause here in, in verse 30 for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life. This phrase, risking his life, is it, it, like a gambling term. It, it means gambling one's life, it, it, is, it is to chance everything. See, Epaphroditus stated his life for the ministry of Christ he felt it was worth the gamble, even risking his life for the sake of the gospel. And Paul acknowledges Epaphroditus as one that did not give up, but one who practiced self-denial and self-sacrifice. Now, although Epaphroditus, as I said in the very beginning, is not one of those uh, house-known Name, uh, yet Paul acknowledged him as an unsung hero. I believe there are many people that serves God behind the scene, not very recognized, and yet we also need to receive them well, that we need to honor them. I think of various people that um, I like to acknowledge and honor. People um, that are in the audio-visual team. I know uh, Joey's up there, and Daniel is up there too, Um, Alan, and there are others uh, that are behind the scene that are faithful and serves. And... God bless you. It's the PowerPoint operators. Uh, we only turn around when the slide is wrong. But they're faithful. Felicia's up there this morning. With Sarah and others that uh, serve in that capacity. Uh, we have the camera crew uh, that um, helped us when we have special meetings with Sean and Michael and others. Um, they serve faithfully behind the scene. Yet they are unsung hero. They're those that teach children. And we thank God for them. There are many, such as Alex Stray, Havana. I want to honor them. Or Ministry of Staff. Um, they're they're a backbone our ministry, William Sue, Joe Zahn, Elise, Tina, Christine, Mary, you know, they, they support uh, us, us so, so very much. I want to thank thank them. I want to thank the brothers and sisters of you that um, provide and cook meals for new parents, or for those that might be sick. Uh, God knows what you're doing. Um, We thank you for your faithfulness. I want to acknowledge students that listen and encourage their friends in the middle of the night when their classmates are overwhelmed. I want to acknowledge those They're available to babysit uh, young parents that have little kids so that they could go out and have a date together. I want to thank those, and I know several of you have shown kindness to the homeless and going out uh, to um, befriend them. There are so many unsung heroes that are out there would you acknowledge and honor one of them today? Tell them how much you appreciate what they have done and what they are doing. We see in this passage how the body of Christ is at work. One of the best investments that we can make is is to invest in people and particularly in the body of Christ. We've seen how the Philippians' believer invested in Paul as well as in Epaphroditus. We have seen how Epaphroditus invested in the life of Paul as well as the Philippians. And we also have seen how Paul invested in Epaphroditus and the believers there in the church of Philippi they'd um, consider others more important than themselves. And as a result, God's name is honor and glorified. It cannot be possible unless the Lord is working in the life of each one of them. May we um, seek to invest and those things are eternal. May we learn to invest in people. Let us pray. Dear Lord, um, we thank you for how you have taught us about eternal things and how we are to, to invest uh, in your word and invest in people. Lord, um, uh, we pray and a lot of time we take people around us for granted. There are a lot of unsung heroes, particularly those that might be behind the scene. And Lord, help us uh, to commend them, help us to acknowledge them, help us to honor them, help us to understand that we are a team, and that we need each other. I will pray for your blessing for them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.